nobody listen to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. All right, welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond Our Service. This is one of the special episodes of the Junto, Junto episode two. Junto. And I'm here with uh, my good buddy, Nash. Say hello, Nash. Hello, Nash. Thank you. And so, uh, again, Schick's not here. He is still trying not to fail in college so he can finally graduate after 25 years. So once he gets done with that, then he'll probably start joining us when he's got a little bit more time on his plate. <clears throat> so uh, we reached out to you guys and asked what book we should go with next. You guys spoke via Facebook, and we went with Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. Uh, the person that did it, um, I think it was my friend Aaron on Aaron Fillmore on Facebook that did it. Congratulations, Aaron. You're going to win nothing. Because we're sponsored by no one and we have no free gifts. So that was, you're welcome. Thank you. So, uh, Nash, overall, what did you think of the book? Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I've read now, this would be the third book of his that I've read, um, more or less. Uh, I didn't finish Dichotomy of Leadership, but uh, okay. I liked it. It was good. Um, like we talked about a little earlier, kind of a little bit of rehashing. Um, kind of tough to reinvent the wheel when it comes to leadership. I think if you've read one leadership book, you've had at least a glimpse at some reoccurring themes that you see with the uh, leadership books. So, but I, I liked it. I mean, I like his kind of no nonsense approach to writing. And I, I listened again to the audible, um, getting to hear him narrated is always entertaining. His voices. Yes. Yeah, I, I would love to say soothing, but it's like the furthest thing from soothing ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's very intense. Yeah. Right in your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't do the, I can't do, I think, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I can't do uh, audiobooks. So I like to hold it in my hand and read it, and it helps me concentrate because you may or may not matter. be pretty ADD. Yeah, man. I get like halfway through the my ride to work and then realize I have no idea what I just listened to for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like not a clue because I was thinking about the car bumper stickers in front of me. So um, I liked it as well. I think my overall uh, approval of it, for the no one that cares, I, I definitely think that it was I good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. good. I mean, it was... Uh, I haven't read of some of his other ones. I do think it's hard. I agree with you. I think it's kind of hard to to not reiterate the same points. I think I liked um, uh, Leadership Skills, his first book. Mm-hmm. Him and, and Leif. Leif? Yeah. Babin, I think. Was that uh, his first one? I thought oh, I thought Extreme Ownership was his first one. That's that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I, I, I think that it's probably the better of the three or the best of the three. Um, but I did enjoy this one. I thought it was good. He has more than that. Does he really? I think so. I don't really know. Cause I've heard of extreme ownership. There's discipline equals freedom. The dichotomy of leadership. But then there's these other ones. It's the way of warrior kid marks mission where there's a will Mikey and the dragons. Oh, I guess maybe he did some like fictional stuff too. I have no idea. I don't know. That's why I was looking at that earlier. I think it was yesterday, and I was like, 
Because huh. it says also by Jocko Willink, and I'm like, what the hell? I never yeah. heard of the other ones. So yeah, I would say of the three that I've read, Dichotomy of Leadership, Extreme Ownership, and Leadership Strategies, I think Extreme Ownership is probably the best one. I struggled with the audio book of it because I was in special operations and it sounded ridiculous when he's telling his stories. But um, that's my ego, that I guess. Just, that I was, just, that was, God, dick, that was so dick ridiculous. measuring contest. No, it was just the, it was so overly dramatic. Yeah. It's killed me. Yeah. Like he's like over dramatizing, just walking around a corner of a damn building. It's like, motherfucker, it's not that intense. Like you, you're just, you're not under fire at all times. If we were threatened our lives. Yeah. It's like sometimes you're just bored as shit on mission. So I don't know. Um, but, uh, I did like the, I thought this book was a little bit different in the way that it, um, explained and, um, it gave a lot of tactics and leadership strategy to lower level people, subordinates or that's fair mid-level yeah. or lower level. Like, I think management. it'd be good for like a team as a whole to read. I, I think like so all too. levels, not just the person in charge, but also like, oh, okay, Hey, because he does, he talks about like kind of swallowing your pride and how to be a good support. Like sometimes being a good leader entails being a good subordinate. Right. And I think that was, that was definitely something that it'll, I think it was a little bit different um, yeah. than some of the other ones where it's, it's giving advice and coaching directly to subordinates and how to deal with poor leaders. And there's a whole section on yeah. just how to deal with people who suck at leading. And ha so how do you kind of manage them and how do you manage how you talk to them and communicate with them? And so I, I liked that a lot too. So um, I thought it was good, but uh, I definitely recommend it. I think it was a good one. It's definitely, it's a pretty easy, fast read too. Not hard. Didn't take a long time. Wasn't, it's not super complicated, pretty big words. Unfortunately, not a lot of colored pictures, but um, it's Okay. Other than that, it was really good. So, um, again, for you, those of you who don't know, so basically we take a picture, or we take a book, not a picture, and we pick out uh, like five things that, five ahas or five things that we really liked about the book, and we discuss them. And so this is a longer form, uh, not a lot of editing, not a lot of stuff. This could go for an hour, could go for two hours, could go for seven. But... Uh, that's kind of how it works. We're just going to go through it and kind of give a deep dive into the book itself and kind of give our thoughts and what we really liked about it, what stood out and what we learned from it. So here we go. All right. So uh, Nash, why don't you start us off, brother? Oh, let me what grab, you got for us? Let me grab my notes. So one of the first ones that kind of jumped out at me, <clears throat> um, Humble leadership, you know, uh -huh. take the trash out, is kind of the example. He talked about uh, having two different um, platoon commanders come in and just kind of their different forms of leadership and how that, uh, you know, trickled down into the platoons that were led by that person. Mm -hmm. They had the one, he talks about, like, when when do you mutiny? Like, what what is that line of, is it acceptable to say outright, hey, this is a bad leader? And one of the traits that he said for that leader was that he was just very, he, tasks were below him. Like, oh, he wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So they finally switched out the leadership and had a new platoon leader who had just, was it like multiple combat tours and like was just a grade A badass. They were like, this yeah, dude like legendary is, dude. yeah, like this dude is like the man. And he came in and they said that, you know, every day he was taking the trash out. At the end of the day, he was sweeping up 
you know, their, their, their meeting area or whatever it was that they were, where they would have their, their meetings. And, and pretty soon the guys started doing it because they're like, well, no, we can't, can't let this guy be taking the trash out every day. Mm-hmm. But he, he saw that as something that wasn't below him. And I, I really liked that approach because those are yeah, something over my years of having worked for and under different people, I can think of countless times of having leaders on both ends of that spectrum of restaurant managers, since there's so many whenever you, you waited tables for a while, oh, yeah. didn't you? Oh, God. You, Way too long. How many managers did you go through during that time? Too many, right? Uh, yeah, like... So 10, I did, 15, like 20 five years. Yeah. So yes, yeah, I mean, 10 just, yeah, at least a revolving door of, of leadership coming in and out. And, you know, I had the leaders who you could tell they weren't very secure in themselves. And it was, I'm going to tell you to do something because I said so. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I had the guys who it didn't matter guys, girls, both, you know, of course women can lead to thank you. Um, and some of my best managers were women too, but their ability to go through and say, you know, I had one who told me I had to go clean out the trash cans in the parking lot in July. And I'm talking like disgusting, right? <laughs> like it, yeah. for any of you listening from Texas, when it's 110 degrees outside and a trash can with just soup sitting in it. Yeah. Yeah. That was me the whole time. And to be fair, the guy came out and he sat there with me and he, you know, we joked about how awful it was, but he was one of those managers that like, yeah, I would do it because anything he told me to do is something he would have been, he would have done himself. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a, I'm going to tell you to do something because I'm the leader and then you have to go do it. It's if I wasn't doing it, he would be doing it. Right. And I trust that, you know, cause when we get busy, he was the first one, he'd go grab a bus tub and start bussing tables. And it's like, all right, man. Like, yep. What are we doing? I'm there. Like, yep. Because I respected that form of leadership of like, he only, he only told you to do something because it needed to get done. It wasn't a matter of like, I'm the leader. Listen to me. Yeah. He wasn't trying to show control Yeah, or power or whatever and put you in your place by telling you to do some like remedial task that like the trash can and like the trash can, yeah, the, the dumpster. Yeah. And then saying, you know, that, that's almost like how you handle somebody or, and we'll get into this too, but when you get into something, when you get people where you're trying to, you're just, you're just flexing the power that you have and you're doing that on them. Everybody knows what you're doing when you're doing that. Yeah. And a lot of times it's by far the most egotistical leaders or a leader who is extremely self-conscious yeah. and has no, you know, very, very, they have lack of self-confidence. They either don't feel like they should be in that position or they don't feel like they are good enough or they don't know where they're at. So they feel very insecure and they're going to try to make you do things, but they're never going to do it because yeah. that, Oh, I don't do that. I'm the manager. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and those are the looking back. Some of the worst yeah. manager of a restaurant. Yeah. But congratulations. <laughs> as we shit on the entire restaurant industry. Yeah. I make That's more fine. money. No one listens to waiter. Here. It doesn't matter. So, no, no but it's, it, it's, those were the worst leaders were the uh-huh. ones that I, because I say so, you know, and that, that's where I loved the be humble about it because yeah, those were the guys you told me to go clean a dumpster out. I mean, I'm not happy about it. Like, I'm not I'm like, yes, this is the best choice I have to do today. God, yes. I hope you're not happy about it, but it's weird. All right. It's gotta get done. Like, okay. Yeah. So when, 
I'm glad you brought that one up because that was another example that I had. And so one of the things that I've always harped on, and I talked about this actually in one of my podcasts, one of our earlier, I think it was episode two or three, whichever one about the leadership one. And we, I have told this to people before, whether it's other business owners, friends, whatever. And it's the difference between, he doesn't say this in the book, but it's it's the same thing. It's the difference between commanding and demanding respect. And I remember being basic training randomly. We had this guy come out. I have no idea who he was. Whether I don't know what command he was enlisted. He was a sergeant major, so he's a high listed guy. Don't know what he where where he came from or anything. <clears throat> so he goes into this random like pep talk about leadership to a bunch of freaking basic trainees. And that was what he said. And it's always stuck with me. He said, there's a difference between commanding respect and demanding respect. He said, if you command respect, he's like, what to define it? He's like the guy that comes in the room and there's just something about him. You just, you just respect him and you want to do stuff for him. You want him to be successful versus demanding respect. And he's like, if you're demanding respect, that's saying, because I told you so, be, uh, my name's on the door. Whose name's on the building? Whose name's on the door, right? Um, you're, and then in the military, it's you're throwing your rank. Like, I'm the officer. I'm the, who's, who is the E6? You're the E4. Pull rank. Yeah. Come on, right? So if you're doing that, his whole thing is like, if you're demanding respect, you're doing those things, you catch yourself saying those things, you're not leading shit. Yeah. Well, you, and so. You're going to lead it in the sense that like that person still has to do whatever right. you're telling them to do. But the whole time they're going, Fuck this guy. But you're, yeah, you're not being a leader, right? right? And so in that example, when he talks about it and he's taking out the trash, the commander before them, before the legend guy, they took out his own trash. They saw him taking out his trash. They're like, oh, dude, we can't let him take out his trash. Yeah. He's too good to take out trash. We will take out his trash. Yeah. The guy before that who thought that not all that stuff was below them, he says in there, he's like, we would never no. go out of our way to take out the trash. And the example I've always said is like, you've got, that's one thing where you you know you are doing something right if you can get to that point in the leadership where you don't have people that are, let's say you forget something and you're supposed to do it. And let's say you're mid-level management guy and you get told by higher leadership and say, hey, you need to get this done. Make sure this, this, this thing gets done before you guys leave today. And then you, and this is essentially in the army, the privates hear that and then we're about to leave and one of them realizes that we didn't get one of them done and you'd for, you just legitimately forgot. The, if you are demanding respect, you're the guy that demands respect, they're not going to remind you. They're going to, on purpose, watch let, you fail. Let, yeah, let you take that fall. And then they're going to enjoy every second of it. Even though it's going to come down and they're going to also yeah. do push-ups, they're going to get taunted too, they don't care. The shit because they're going to get to watch yeah. you get your ass smoked. Right? But if you command respect, if you can get to the point and you get where... Your people, whether it's your employees or whether it's your, the people you're following you, whatever the heck the position is, where they stop you and they go, no, 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 hold on, hang on, Nash, dude, remember, we got to do this too. Or they just do it. Done. Right. Or they just do it. Like, like hold on, just... hold on, we can't leave yet. Yeah. I know you said we can leave, but we got to leave. We got this one last thing to do. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. No, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Because they they take pleasure in seeing you be successful. Yeah. They want, well, there's respect they respect there. you and yeah. they like you. And if without that humility, without being humble, I think that's that's something I've never really said in those examples or put use that word. 
But I think he's, I don't think, I know he's completely right in what you're saying is, if you don't have the humility, you can't get to that point. No. So, I thought that was great. Uh, the next one, mine, one of my ahas, is um, I really like the concept and the verbiage that he used when he said, he talked about decentralized command. Mm-hmm. And it's on page 42, for those of you that are following along. I'm just kidding. No one's following along. So he talks about the leader needs to like cross train these people and they need so that they can step up or down and cover each other's responsibilities and decentralized command also goes into them being able to make decisions. And if they feel like something's off or something's up, then they can do that. Uh, They can, they can make those decisions. They can move forward. So, um, and I think this sounds good. I think, I think a lot of people know that it sounds good whether you're a business owner or you're in some kind of leadership position. But I think it's... But that's in, very much an easier said than done, sort of. Exactly. Like, I oh yeah, de- you know, have delegate out. Okay, great. Now actually delegate. Right. I think I think it's super... It sounds good. Everyone kind of knows, like, oh yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to give my people the power to do their own thing. But I think most people are very reluctant to do that and to let go of that control because you've got you to let it go a little bit. You got a frozen it. Uh, <laughs> cause I have little, I have a little girl. So I would, cause I would argue like, you know, I mean, I would say if you can get to that point, you're actually maintaining control because if you, if you can get to the point where you're decentralized command and you've got your people that are doing their own thing, if you can't, and you're not going to allow them to do that, because most time, most people know what's going on. They know the right answer. They know the right direction, especially if you've told them. But you don't give them the power, the control to actually do it. You don't do have that decentralized command. They've got to wait on you to do everything and to get the okay. You're you're tying your people's hands behind their back. Yeah. Right. They're they're only working at half speed. And it shows a lack of trust. Oh, hundred percent. And they'll see that. Like, oh, they'll see it. They'll feel it. And then all that does is breed a lack of trust of you. Right. It's, it's the whole, the Bible verse. You treat people the way you want to be treated. It absolutely. When it comes to trust, man, you, well, you it, can't it, it comes up in the next time you ask them to do something. It's like, okay, well, are you going to be, do you want me to do this or do you want to do it yeah. and just have me, have me do it because you want me to do it and you just sit there and watch and yeah, make sure I do it right. Yeah. Like that's clearly you don't have enough respect or trust in my abilities to do whatever it is that you're asking me to do to not just let me run with it. Yeah. So he kind of goes on and like along with that, it's like, if you're not, if you're not sharing like the direction, you're not sharing the the overall goal with their people, they, how are they supposed to be able to make their, their own decisions on making the right call? Because let's say you're not there, right? If they don't know the direction it's supposed to go, they, you're, you're, they're stuck. Yeah. And they get, they're going to get to a point. They're going to a fork in the road. They got to make a decision, but they can't because they have no freaking clue what direction they're supposed to be going in. And if you would let go of that, if a leader lets go of that and gives that that vision and gives the direction to the team because you trust them and you and then you allow them to have it or allow them to make those decisions, it makes your life a lot easier. Um, so, for example, like I want my people to be able to take the initiative and keep things moving because if I'm not there as a business owner, I do not want my people want multiple things. I don't want them calling me if I'm on freaking vacation with my family 
and they're like, hey, um, this customer asked this, this because um, they can't make this payment. What do you want us to do? Handle. Like, oh my God. Just, Handle it. Ha- just figure it out. Like, what? how can they make the payment? Well, yeah, I mean, we would love to, but I didn't, we just didn't know if that's what you would want us to do, if you'd want us to do this or this. And it's yeah. like, clearly that's my fault. Yeah. Right? That's not their fault. They're not, it's not that they're done with, they don't know, they know the right answer. They know like, well, yeah, I mean, if, if I knew what, how you wanted these things to be handled, if we had a, a process for this and they just know that the last time that they made that decision, you came and cracked down on them and said, well, yeah. I, I didn't clear that or that's not what I would have exactly. done or whatever it is. Okay. Did it get the job done? Right. Did it cause a problem? No. Okay. And I love that because I get, you get the business owners that do that. What you just said, and they, they act like that. They crush their people for acting on their own or making making a decision on their own. And yeah, people are gonna screw up. Maybe they make a mistake, but you gotta celebrate the decision. It's like, oh damn, dude, you 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 stepped up and you made a decision. You made something work, right? The army, one of my favorite, favorite things, and we heard a lot as a private. Figure it the fuck out. <laughs> and at least my leadership pushed that a ton because it was like, look. You're in special operations. You're not some ri- you're not some regular army guy, right? Which is part of the brainwashing as well, which is extremely necessary. You're, you're you, special. You should feel special. Yeah, that's kind of part of the what makes you special is you think you're special. Yeah, right. Is there's there's some mental value there. Anyway, so I know you're very special. <laughs> yeah, Steve-o. yeah. I don't think they knew exactly how special I was. <laughs> so this carries over to fit to page forty five, and it, and it goes hand in hand with the empowerment side. So decentralized command has to be empowerment. If you do not empower your people, just like we're saying, if you don't give them the okay and say, listen, I don't want you to call me and ask me every little, to make every little decision for you. Please, for the love of God, make the decision for yourself. You know, we're trying to get here. Like This is the goal. We're trying to get over there. We're trying to be the best, blah, 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 blah. And this is where we're trying to do in our business. This is what's important. So help just get there. Just figure it out, get there, and if it's the wrong decision, it's okay. We'll, we'll talk about that we'll when it happens. We'll figure it out. We'll learn from it. You're, I'm not going to crush you. Yeah. You're not going to lose your pay. You're not going to get fired. Yeah. You're going to make the best decision based off the thing, and we'll, we'll look at it. Maybe it's my fault that you failed. You made the wrong decision because I didn't paint the picture clear enough. Or, hey, maybe they do something that you wouldn't have thought of. Exactly. Because you're like, oh, Damn. That's way more efficient than what we were doing that's before. Not like, yeah, that's say. not at all what I was going to say. That's great. Yeah, like we're doing this from now on, guys. Look at this. Yeah. Like this right here. That was that was the right choice. Oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah, I was going to say to just not take the payment. Yeah. So I think this is, and I so I mean I do some network. I do a decent amount of networking. Some of the class, some of the some of the groups are most of us are if not all of us are business owners, small business owners. Okay, um, and I think this. Giving empowerment and decentralized command is a huge, I think it's the key to helping business owners get to the point where they can actually step back at times and actually enjoy the fruit of their labor. Yeah. Right. Where they can actually go out, you know, you know what? It's not spring break. It's not whatever. Can, I'm taking take my weekend family. off. Yeah. Go on vacation. Yeah. And, I mean, and trust that when you hang the keys up and you're gone, the house ain't going to burn down. Exactly. I know a lot of people especially the beginning, but in, and it's natural. There's, there's times where it totally makes sense. And it doesn't mean if you can't go on vacation without being a little anxious or you can't be worried that you're a terrible boss or a terrible leader. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just mean that I think that's any leader. 
Exactly. I think there's just that giving up control is tough for anybody that runs a business. Well, and there's different seasons too. So if you're like in your first year, you might not need to go on vacation. I mean, well, you, you might probably need shouldn't. It. I mean, yeah, you, you you probably need it, but you probably shouldn't. Like, and that's, and if you do, you should. You know, and for some reason, you're one of the seven people that listen to this podcast. You're not. You shouldn't be feeling like, damn, I should be super relaxed. Clearly, I've made it. I'm not being. I'm not giving enough decentralized empowerment. Blah yeah. blah. No, 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 no. You're in your first year. You're gonna be. It's just like a new parent. Keep you're going to feel like a shitty that. new parent every yeah. for the whole five first two three years when you think you're doing everything wrong and blah. blah the kids crying. Every kid freaking cries. Every baby cries. That doesn't mean you're a bad parent. That means you're a terrible parent. It just means it's a damn baby, and babies suck. And as soon as you accept that babies suck at everything, you're better. You feel better. So, I think that's a big deal. That's a huge problem with small business owners and feeling like they they're trapped. They're trapped by that business. They're trapped by it now. It's just a, it's just a. Hopefully, it's at least a well paying job, but it's still just a job. Yeah. Most people, I've yet to find the business owner that didn't start a business and dream of being a business owner and have visions of like. I can be gone and do whatever I want with my schedule. Like I've yet to meet the guy that that wasn't the goal. I've, I, I've never met the guy that was like, I, I just want to be here 900 hours being, a week. Yeah, I love being here for 75 here. hours a week. It's just my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, and if I, I want to leave, but I can't. It's awesome. Like that, that guy doesn't exist. When do I, I get back in the morning? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I get to sleep here tonight. Mm, yes, I don't want to sleep in the bed with my wife. I want to sleep on a cot inside my office. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that's a big one. So the empowerment, decentralized command, kind of hand in hand again. And, okay, so my next point, and slightly piggybacking off of that, because if you have, so if you have faith in the people for the decentralized command, a lot of that comes down to having the right people in the right roles. Mm -hmm. And I did, I really liked that he talked about having the right personality traits or you're familiar with the disc test, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what we used to use with our company. Um, Now we use a different, it's KPA. It's actually like built and designed by them, but more or less disc test. It's very similar. Okay. Um, And for those out there listening, disc test is like, uh, I guess any number of personality it's Tony Robbins. You can actually go on Tony Robbins' website and take it for free if you want. Um, but it's a just kind of analyzes your personality traits and then goes into okay, here's what you are naturally. Here's what you are under stress. Here's how that applies to the workforce and how that's going to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like my personality trait was a I'm a DC with a little bit of I. So that's like a driver, goal oriented, no nonsense. Um, C is like fact, logic driven. So I'm a straightforward, dry asshole for logic. Douchebag. <laughs> douche yeah. 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 That, that, and that's what that means. Um, and the I being personality. So that's like you're super bubbly, like, oh, yay. I'd love to see people. And it's not. It me. stands for influential, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Influence. Yeah. Influence. Something? Yeah. Okay. They all have different. I think it's driver, influencer, stability, and mm-hmm. is it control? I don't know what C is. I don't know. Control? S and C always confuse me because they're similar but not. Um, but it, to the point being, you know, we would, whenever we'd hire somebody new, we'd have them take the disc test and make sure that whatever role they're in, like we wouldn't put an SC, which would be a very logical, um, cautious, 
detail-oriented person into a sales position. Mm-hmm. Right. And vice versa, we wouldn't put a high I, a DI, or an ID, which would be a stereotypical sales position or sales role, into a transaction coordinator for us, which is going to be like dot in your I's, cross your T's, make sure the contract looks flawless. Because like you, Steve-O, I'm sure you would do, you would excel in that role, would you not? <laughs> Uh, do you want to go stay in business or go out of business? Yeah, exactly. But okay. So part of that as a leader is making sure that you have the right people in the right seats on the bus. Uh, fact checker came in on my phone. <clears throat> D stands for dominance. Ah, I is influence steadiness for S okay. and conscientiousness. conscientiousness. For C. So we were way off on C. Samsonite. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way You're off. Way off. All right. <clears throat> so, so, yeah. And, but that then gives you the ability that when you have the right people with the right talent level, that you can do those things. Because I think that is a precursor to being able to say, hands off the reins, it's okay if I let them run with it because you have the right people in the right spots. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have the right people in the right spots, if you have a high eye, bubbly, all personality person trying to make sure that your contracts are compliant with corporate, good luck. Right. Yeah. So we did, I'm actually, I don't, we used to use a disc and then I got away from it and then I was using a different personality test thing and then I'm probably going to go back because I wasn't happy with the other one. So, but it, to your point exactly, it was amazing. So I used to work, I worked for another, a different insurance agent before. And when I worked for him, worked for him for two and a half years, we were big on the disc test. And we made any person that was that were thinking about hiring or interviewing, we would make them go through that. And we'd go over it with them. Before they got there, we'd go over it with them. And it was pretty, we, ha- we knew... We used it because we could see and you could kind of compare the results to previous people that were really good. Really good salespeople kind yeah. of had a general shape, right? Because yeah. it shows you like a, a, a line graph of the D, I, S, and C. Yeah. How in or not in you are in per category. So right. Like you're, you know, it was, was it like 50 overall, 40. I can't remember what the 40, I think, was your totals. Potential I just there was like a baseline. Like, yeah. And so if you were higher than the baseline, then that was a much stronger trait. Yes. If you were lower on under the baseline. It wasn't then as prevalent. It wasn't as prevalent. And so the further away you were from that middle line kind of helped you understand like how dominant they were or how influential or, how or not they were. Or, yeah, like, or how mine was the S. undominant. I led with like a zero in the S. That's just not, that's not me. So you're just not stable at all. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so mine was uh No I'm a dick. Like I was a high DC, which like I don't no filter. I'm gonna tell yeah. you exactly what I think and I'm gonna tell you fairly brief. Like, Very little patience. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Like and I yeah, and I have no patience for oh well I think and uh, I don't care. I don't care. Like I love you. I appreciate your emotions. I they don't mean care. nothing. Yeah, like yeah. this is the job, this is how we're gonna get it done, let's do it. Yeah. When you get married, you're going to need a counseling just from the beginning. Just do it. Y'all, y'all pitch this marriage thing. It's really positive. I'm telling you, you're going to need to do it because I'm similar in that regard. And you, it's, we should, yeah, you need to do it from the beginning. So 
great advice. But like, it was crazy because you could see the salespeople and you could see how high the D was. And then you could see, um, I was usually pretty high too. I, you wanted to be, you wanted it above the line. Yeah, for sure. And then you wanted C S was always kind of like a high, like you wanted the D and the I to be as large as they could be kind of, but doesn't go up in there somewhere. I have a story after this. So the S you want, like it didn't really matter, but the one that you really didn't want in a salesperson for our type of sales. And so it's not going to be applicable to all industries, obviously, but you definitely didn't want them to have a super high C. Yeah. Me. You. No, like that's, I, I can be a sales guy, but I'm not, I'm going to shoot you completely straight. Like I don't do well with like, if I walk into a house to show somebody and I, you know, we were just looking at houses. I'm not the person that's going to be like, and look at this kitchen and imagine the mm-hmm. memories that you're going to have. I'm like, no, the HVAC is 18 years old. Like that were that worries me. The roof looks like it's beat to shit right now. Like that concerned, like right. I'm very honest of like, this is a good buy. This is not a good buy. And right. people buy with emotion. And that's kind of tough because that's not what I lead with. Like that's not something that I put a lot of weight into because mm-hmm. I look at it as a large financial investment and I think you should look at it as more than just like the kids will love playing in this room. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Well see like you would see the C and like with the C was like detail orientation, how analytical they were. And let's be honest, unless you're selling two engineers, unless yeah. you need that engineer brain to sell to engineer brains because no one likes selling to those freaking people. Um you have you you, we would get some that have a high C and they would ask you a million kajillion questions. And it's like, yep. dude, it did like literally 90% of what you just said or just asked me has nothing to do with anything. Like you're never going to, yeah, you're never going to see that. Like, That's not God, actually going to come up. Right. I appreciate that you're asking. Never going to actually happen. No, or it's just like, it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like it's like when you're trying to treat, like I've helped people like learn how to shoot a handgun. And it's like, I'm trying to tell you how to hold a handgun. And then you're like, well, hold on, hold on. So why is it black? <laughs> Yeah, you're like, uh, like it doesn't freaking it could be purple it doesn't matter black just i hold it like this yeah. okay well then so why is there are you sure that like why is the slide different slightly different color than the handle i'm going to stab you it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter move on <laughs> point like, it that, that way is and not pull the trigger yeah, yeah. yeah like, like, that's, that's just not important right now but they're so detail focused they want to know everything but you want that person handling your compliance 100,000% it, you don't want that salesperson who's mm. just brushing over the details going, yeah, well, whatever. Like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that later. Like, yeah. no, you don't want it to be me. Who's not going to read 90% of an email that you send me. No. First three, four lines and I'm done. If I see like, three well, paragraphs, I'm this. out. I'm out. No, and I've told people like, I'm not going to scroll. Yeah. Especially like, because I get the preview window. It's a pretty big window. So if you can't get it apart across from there, concise, like I don't want, to, I don't care. Don't put whatever at the bottom. Put, tell me about how your family's doing at the bottom because I don't care if it's that important. Like if it's a super important email, like this just drives me nuts. Emails suck. But when you, like that's where, and the crazy thing was is, and to bring this back to the point is we would, I went back and because we still had all these on all these different, and this sucker had a ton of employees. They were still there, some that had left, everything. So I went back and looked at them all. And I knew his best service people, the customer service people, the ser- the account manager type people, the best ones and who are really good at that job and then who are really good at sales. 
and there it never failed every single time their their line graphs were the exact opposite yeah service people account managers really low on the d side high on the c side yep sales with really probably good sales some people. s and some i enough i that they yeah. could they could talk to and and handle interactions yep. with with people but not so high that they were just and how's your day what are you doing like right that, that's not but in general you had the you had it going like low to high for the most part yeah. right the middle two are going to be jumping around a little yeah. bit there's advantages disadvantages there but for the most part as long as the c was much higher than the d they were going to be much more uh, submissive, like they didn't need to take charge all the time. They don't need to be the person in charge or making the shot, calling the shots, blah, blah. Not that they can't, they just don't need to be. They're fine with someone that else wasn't them, in like, their hey, personality. Yeah. yeah, they're well, just that, like, that okay, wasn't cool. the objective of every conversation with them. It was say, okay, right. we got to get this done and it has to be done right and proper and mm-hmm. the details, exactly. details, details. Salespeople, the exact opposite. Yeah. So love that. My story really quickly is. I used to have a manager. She was great. And she was at that place and it was sales manager. And we were sitting there and we were talking about this candidate that's about to come in. And she's talking to me and like two other guys or two other people. I think one of them was a girl. One of them was a guy. So it's like two girls, two guys. And I'm just sitting there. And she, she says it 40 times about how small this guy's D is. And she's regarding the distance. No. Oh man, it just it my head almost exploded. She was like, he just doesn't have enough D. There's just not enough D in there. His D is so small. We like if we're gonna have a guy in here, I'd really like to see a lot more D. Like he needs a bigger D. And I'm like, how in God's I would have lost. I was like, what? No, like no surely she's doing this. No one, on, else? Yeah. Like, no one else is. No one. Else, we're not on the same page on this. Everyone was like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, yeah. And oh, I couldn't even. I couldn't even focus. I was like shaking. I'm like, how the hell? I'm being has punked right now. Where's, not, where's the camera? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> how the hell has someone not said something right now? This is insane. And she's like, he just needs. He just needs more D. There's there's not enough there. We really want a lot. Of, we really want a big D, like really lots of D. And I'm like, my God, <laughs> like dude, how many softballs can you throw? I know. In like, Please stop. Please stop. Like, I don't, I hadn't been there long enough to be really just like start like, and then finally I was like, yeah, no, I said, I, I think we just get the biggest girthiest D in here. And we just, you know, I don't know, just, but that's right. I totally agree with you. We need, and she finally just was like robbing D. Yeah. She's like, like just, okay, come on. Like that's, <laughs> let's be mature. And I'm like, Oh my God, you can't just throw that out there. You, you Nobody just gave, t- you just touch it. 15 minutes of that. Like <laughs> I'm going to touch the D I'm going yeah. to touch it. <laughs> you, you can't do that. That's not fair at all. So yeah, that's my story. When the, when the D when every time now that we, and I hear that all the time, like he just didn't have, we just, we're really looking for a lot more D like, God, <laughs> yeah, Jesus are. Christ. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, this is I'm be, I'm being set up, so that's good. Um, so I think uh, the other one that my next one or my deal here is on page sixty nine. For those of you that aren't following, nice, no one following, nice. Yeah, I got called out because I said sixty nine like four times a day, and Brian didn't like that I didn't say nice. That's part of them, of course. Like, dude, come on, man. Of course. All right, so he said, let me see if I can give us some context here. Context doesn't matter these days. Because, he said, because there is no one type of person who can never become a great, uh, uh, who can never become a good leader, a person who lacks humility, 
Because there is one type of person who can never become a good leader. A person who lacks humility. People who lack humility cannot improve because they don't acknowledge their own weaknesses, they don't work to improve them, and they won't bring someone onto the team to offset their shortfalls. This person will never improve. Beware. And nice. So this is where he's, I really like the fact that, again, the humility, there's kind of a, just like the last book we read, there's a couple pretty prominent themes here, right? That kind of go through and humility is definitely one of them, which I think that was one of the biggest ones. Because oh, that kind of yeah. pops back up in almost all of the scenarios Everybody. or instances that he that he's talked about, ego yeah. and humility, obviously hand in hand, hand in hand, right? I mean, and that's, so, and I think absolutely, like, you, how are you, how do you, be, you can't be a great leader without being having humility. You may not even be that humble, but you got to have humility at some point. Well, and self reflection, exactly. And that's where this kind of goes, where it's like... You have to be able to be critical of yourself, where, like we talked, we were just talking about personality traits. What are you not good at? Right. Detail-oriented. Oh, God, not at all. So, okay, your first hire is probably going to be somebody who's going to help you with your detail-oriented stuff. Like, that's going to be the first place that I need to hire for my weaknesses, but you have to be able to identify that that is, in fact, a weakness. Exactly. So I think that's where... Uh, again, when you when you read leadership books and as many as we've read, you start to you kind of feel like you're reading the same thing. I feel like that doesn't get enough. The hiring aspect of it doesn't get quite enough um, uh, publicity, I guess, or attention because, yes, you do need to be able to identify your own weaknesses for self-improvement and to work on yourself and get better. And that's where you need to be humble enough to go, all right, I'm not good enough at this or I'm not very good at this and I can get better at that. I do have strengths, but I also need to have, I need to figure out what my weaknesses are. Be self-aware so that I can be better, which gets a lot of, especially in any kind of self-improvement book because of their self-improvement books. But I think that one that kind of gets, that he touches on here that needs more attention that I think is a big deal is if you can't, identify your own weaknesses because you do not like because you lack humility it is going to make it makes it a thousand times harder to hire and recruit the right people because again if you're trying to build a team whether it's for a business or a sports team or whatever if you if you can't look back and honestly go man I really suck at this so I need someone to and recruit someone find someone whatever in my hiring process i need to identify people that are good at that because i'm terrible at that yeah and they're gonna have to pick up my slack and if you the people that can't do that if you can't be humble enough to do that then you god it's it just that's again that's where you start hearing the there's no good people out here i just can't you know these people just can't figure it out they can't learn it's like it's because you're hiring people either just like you or you just lack, you I think, have no idea what you suck at. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. And I think that's something that a lot of, I don't want to say poor business owners or team leaders do, but they hire people just like them. Yeah. They sit down and they go, oh man, we're, we're just alike. Yeah. Like, let, let, let's work together. Like you, you're just like me. Well, you get okay, me. That's, that's great. But you're not interviewing a buddy. Right. You're interviewing somebody who's going to help take 
a business to the next level. Like you need to be able to leverage and say, okay, I'm not good at this. Now, if you're a great salesperson and you're looking to hire a salesperson, right. great. Hire somebody <clears throat> just like you. I mean, if that if that is a good fit for your company, do it. Absolutely. But if you're hiring for a transaction coordinator or an office manager, I've known you for how many years? And if you had to manage an office, that team would implode. 100%. I mean, I can manage the personnel side, but all the details of the operation side of it, <clears throat> of managing and the managing office emotions and, and managing things. people and just making sure everybody's happy. And yeah, the, those are pieces that are not strengths. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I got to have somebody else that can do that. And my thing with, <clears throat> I'm, I'm surprisingly do fairly well, actually. I'll toot my own horn with emotions because we, I've had most all, almost all women working for me, which sounds sexist, but I don't know. I've actually had, I think every employee except for two, and and one of them was a man. Um, most of them, there's a couple of males too, for a while now that have all cried in my office. <laughs> every one of them. Wait, all the men or all? All of my employees. Oh, yeah. There's only two employees that, that I hired within the last year, and they're, those two are guys. But I've also had the guys that were employees in the past that have cried in my office. So it really has nothing to do with, like, now the majority, for a while, it was if anybody cried in my office because all I had was females, was women, they were going to cry in my office. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've all had, but anyway, so it's just, it's kind of a running joke that, like, you come to my office and you cry. So... It, which doesn't bother me. It's okay, especially if you feel safe enough to cry in the office, kind of thing. Then I think to a to a certain point, it's a, it's almost a compliment, kinda. There's security there because there's some kind of there they can feel vulnerable yeah. in front of you. Yeah, and I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but absolutely, my office manager, who's like the service side manager, she's a service. When we started, I told her, I said, look. I don't, I don't care for you to sell anything. I got no goals for you on sales. You are, I need you to do all of the service work because I hate it. I'm terrible at it and I don't want to do it. And it's absolutely critical to the team. Absolutely. Oh, it's critical to the business. Like if we don't have good service, good customer service, we don't retain customers. That's kind of how insurance works. You don't make a lot of money, if any, off the front end sales. It's renewals. It's people staying with you for a long period of time. Yeah. If we don't have a good customer service person and leading that and helping that and being the face or the voice, because it's, let's be honest, most of it's over the phone, we're screwed. Yeah. And I don't want to do any of it because I am terrible at it. I tried to help. It's like a month ago, me well, yeah, a new that's person. Not, that's not your personality. No. Someone tried to add a car. I tried to help them because everybody was busy. I somehow canceled the entire policy. <laughs> and I had no idea. My office manager came back and was like, so what did you do? And I was like, I'm just trying to help. I was just trying to show her and I was helping. And she's like, please stop helping. Stephen, please come into my office. Yeah. Oh, it was, I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I'm like, what? And she's like, you canceled the whole policy. I was like, how did I do that? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> but stop helping yeah, like, in that just, way. Just go mm-hmm. sell. Yeah. Go. You're really good at other things. Go do them. So, in it, like, that's fine. Like, to me, that doesn't bother me. It's great. I just, I'm just like, look, but because I was able to, and I'm willing to say, 
I suck at this and I hate it, which is really, I think why I was able to do it. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm not, I don't think I was super humble and be like, Oh, this is a weakness. It was more like, I just don't want to freaking do it. So you think, please do it. I think that's the easiest way though, to identify if you're having problems or struggles of like, what am I not good at? What do you not enjoy doing? Like, what do you yeah. go to work and say, this is the shittiest part of my day. Yep. I hate this you're probably not very good at it or it doesn't match your personality. Like that's not something that fits with who you are. Right. And that's why it's so hard. That's, that's why, why it's, hard. it's so much work. Yes. And, and that's where I think that's probably the easiest way to identify those, you know, strengths that you should hire to would be what are you, what do you not like? That's the right. first thing to unload off of your plate. Which also is one of the greatest things about owning your own business is you get to build it in order that so that all you do every day, eventually, it will take time, but you can build it to the point where you come in every day and the only thing you do is the shit you like to do. Yeah. That is, my God, that is by far one of the most valuable things about being a business owner or the greatest thing besides, you know, flexibility schedule and some other stuff. But man, to be able to come into work and only do the things you like doing. And then go home. But, and it takes time. It, it's not day one, but it's, man, when someone explained that to me and said, this is why some of the most successful insurance agents or business owners that stay engaged, they stay, they like going to work, whatever. It's because they identified what they want to do, what they like doing. And then they built, and it took time, years. I mean, it take, oh, yeah. it take you 10 years. But they built their team, they built their office, they built their business so that all they do is they come in and 99% of the time they do the shit that, they do only do the shit they like to do. Yeah. So, but again, to bring it all back, if you don't have the humility and you can't see your own weaknesses, yes, it also makes you a shitty human. Yeah. You're, not, you're probably not a fun <laughs> person to be around. No, but you also, I'm amazing will at everything. Cool, absolutely bro. impact the way you hire who you hire, who you recruit, and how you build your team. And I think, okay, this is my next point would be, um, and I think something that you kind of have to focus on. It's not a point, it's an aha. My aha. What's wrong with you? Um, Jeez. Everyone has the most important job. Yeah. So just because it's a role that you don't like doing, that doesn't make it any less important. So yeah, like you are not the detail-oriented person or the office manager, but like we just said, that was absolutely critical to your business. Mm-hmm. That is something that you have to have and has to be excelling at a very high level for your business to succeed as a whole. Now, you also need the salespeople out there pounding the pavement and bringing new business in, but that doesn't mean dick if right. one year in, all of your renewals are gone. Yeah. We'll lose everything as soon as we write it. Yeah, that that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so if you don't have it, but it's also very easy if you are of one mindset or personality trait or or, or set of strengths to look at it and go, oh well, yeah, that's that's easy. All, all you're really doing is just making sure that the kids are happy right now in the office. Like everybody's that's that's all you have to do. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make that job any less important than any other job on the team. So it is, I think there is a piece there of making sure that you are always cognizant that anybody on the team is the most important person on the team. Right. 
I think it goes back to the previous book we wrote, or we wrote, I wish, we read, which was the, um, what is it? Excellence Wins. Excellence Wins, because when he talks about, like, knowing your customer and just because it's it's sometimes your customer, like the chef's real customer yeah. is the waiter. Is the waiter, yeah. So I think that's the same thing where you have to understand that everyone's job is important because everyone, just like team sports, right? Like everybody's position is important because if you don't do your job, then somebody else might not be able to do theirs. <clears throat> and and you got to help them see the, the full picture, get to the, the big picture. And then so that one they do their job correctly and they have pride in it, but two, so that everybody respects the hell out of each other. Yeah. Because just like we talked about before, like when you look at a disc test, right, every salespeople are opposite of service. I've never really met a good, a really good salesperson who likes doing service work. Oh yeah. Getting signatures, documents, all that crap. My God. And I hate it too. It's pulling teeth for me. So get in for whatever reason, there's always that, Kind of that headbutting of like, especially salespeople, because there's a little bit more of an ego personalized that you're dealing with. You get people that are, they're the shit. And they bring all the money in. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. But it's like, nah, but do you want to do that, the service person's job? Do you want to do all the stuff that they do? It's like, hell no. Exactly. Then you better respect the hell out of them. Yeah. Better treat them with respect because it's going to be, because they're doing all this stuff. Yep. You don't want to do. Yeah. And so I think for each person, and I had I had the same deal where it was reversed. It was my office manager when we were in our first year, and we're trying to hit all these goals, and it's really important, and everybody's contributing. And sales is a huge part of that. It's it's the big, it's probably the biggest part where you've got to sell a lot in the yeah. first year. You yeah. got to prove that you can do what you're doing, right? So she would get, she felt really discouraged, and she felt... Like she wasn't pulling her own weight because she wasn't selling. Yeah. But she was servicing everything. And so I told, I, I had to explain to her and help her understand and see the value of her, her position because her doing that work meant that I didn't have to do it, any of it. Yeah. Like at all. And it is very time consuming. Mm -hmm. So what that enabled me to do by her doing that and taking that whole load off of me was train and sell. I could train all the salespeople, get them selling because in reality for the business and they reach our goals, I wasn't going to be able to, there wasn't enough time in the day for me and I'm not good enough at sales to be able to do it all. Yeah. So I got to get two or three people and I got to get them to sell. It leverages you to be able to do the things that you're good at. Right. And so I ha- you have so you have to teach or show your employees or your team why that position is so important. It's like because y- without you, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. And if I don't do what I'm doing right now, or I would be so drained yeah. just mentally and emotionally from having to do those tasks that in my mind are menial and they're not. So I don't no, worry, no, that's, no, that's no. the yeah, wrong you don't, probably yeah, the wrong you, word to use, but. I hate doing documents. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, it's my, that's my nightmare. Like I, if I do that for 45 minutes, I go throw me on the phones and make me cold call for four hours. And I'm like, all right, four hours. It is. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> go make me do document work for 45 minutes. And I want to blow my brains out. Like yeah. I am just, I'm, I'm like, this is the longest day ever. What'd you do? I sent out three buyer representation agreements. And I'm like, 
my transaction coordinator looks at me. He's like, you did what? That was it. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's I'm done. I'm like, yeah, it's like, that's all you did. I'm like, yeah, yeah it sucked. Yeah, like, I, need to go, I need to go to the back and take a nap right now. But on the inverse, go try to put them on cold call for a while or go have them knock doors and they're going to be, you know. Right. Anxious as hell. Yeah. Nervous, scared, whatever. Yeah. So I, I liked that he said not to, and again, I think that's where you can easily fall into the trap of whatever personality traits you are. Because I've seen leaders who are also more of that SC, where they're more of the admin driven. Right. You have to understand that the salespeople are also still very important. Like, and I, I think people tend to gravitate towards you're like me, so that's important. Mm-hmm. And they shy away from whatever the the other is is not as important like oh well we have to do this like this is we have to have compliance and it's like well yeah but if you don't have deals coming in you have nothing to do compliance for so right cool but i think that's where your leadership it's tough as a leader to know what you are and what your strengths are and to know that the inverse on that coin is also equally important and to let them know you feel like it's equally important yeah absolutely and that goes deep too with, and we don't need to get into it, but it's, it, I mean, that affects buy-in, that affects ownership of what they do, that affects a lot of stuff because if they feel like they don't matter or their position doesn't matter, <clears throat> there's a really, that's pretty damn demoralizing. You yeah. feel like you're coming every day and what you're doing, that's just not a big deal. How much time do you spend at work? Gosh, we talked about this last time. Like it, shitload. You know, as mu- I spend as much or more time at work than I do at home. So. Right. Yeah, like if I'm miserable and I don't feel like I have value or purpose at work, yeah, that sucks. Ugh, I agree. So my next aha is uh-huh. we got to get like a drop or some weird sound for yeah, that. We do. Um, it's on one page at one eighty seven, folks. Class, uh, it says popcorn, Stevo. All right, so it says, don't take anything personally. It is hard to do this. You have to fight your ego to avoid taking things personally. Even when people ask for critique points, they often get mad when they actually hear them. (laughs) Don't allow yourself to do that. (laughs) Don't take criticism personally. So this is very hard for me, but in a different way. Um, I... I hate white lies, especially for people to, and I don't like people to sugarcoat stuff to me. Even if it hurts me, I want to know the truth. Yeah. I really want to know the truth. We started this podcast. I reached out to some friends and, and family and whatever, and I really want to know the truth. Like, hey, if it sucks, it sucks. Because yeah. I can't yeah. make it better if you tell me, oh, no, no, it's great. It's, I loved it. But in, your, in the back of your mind, you're like, this is the shittiest thing I've ever heard. I need real feedback. I need, I want it and I seek it. Yeah. Therefore, I'm usually pretty good or pretty serious about when you ask me, and you can ask anyone in my family, um, You, I have worked pretty hard and I've done it t- intentionally to be the guy that like people say, if you don't want the answer, don't ask Steven. Because he'll tell you the truth. So yeah. my little sister, if she feels like she's gained weight or she wants an honest opinion on how she looks in something, she doesn't go to my parents. She goes to me. Yeah. Hey, do I? can you tell I've gained weight? Yep. Yep. Looks like you gained 30 pounds. 
or no, no, you look like you, you, I don't see it at all, but she knows it's real. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make her feel good. I'm going to tell her the truth. Yeah. Not trying to be a jerk. It's the truth. If it's, if I truly can tell, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. If I really feel like you did a very poor job at whatever, and you ask me, I'm not going to tell you a lie to make you feel good. That's stupid. It's disrespectful in my mind. I just hate it. Yeah. I don't have to be a dick about it, but I'm going to tell you the truth. So for me, I've had to explain this to my team, employees, and I've, man, and over time, I've had to explain this to my wife, actually, too, um, is I am, one, I'm really, really bad at it when I try to, um, when you're trying to give me a critique and I have like a thousand things going on all at one time at work, that's kind of hard for me because, and that's kind of when I start to get I'm like, man, I just don't like, I just get frustrated and I don't have time to like correct certain things. I just, we're just trying to move forward, but also kind of the details thing. But, um, I've explained to my wife and my employees that, um, I really do want, and I really do encourage for them to give me feedback critique the hell out of me, be brutally honest. But I've also learned that I have to explain to people, including my wife, and that's probably where I learned it more because we're with each other all the time, that I, when you give me feedback, there's a possibility, a high likelihood, that I'm going to visibly get angry. There's going to be the knee-jerk reaction. Well, and it's not even, it's, it's I'm visibly angry, and frustrated, but it's mainly with myself. Yeah, not at you for telling me. No, has I mean, nothing it, to do with that. It may, again, that knee-jerk reaction may kind of be a little bit of a kickback or press back on yeah. you, but it's it's more, my bad, let me take a second. Yeah, because I don't want to suck. Yeah. I don't want to suck at anything. Yeah. I'm competitive as hell. I want to be good at everything I do, blah, blah, blah. So... Or if I know I'm working on something, I'm trying not to do that, trying not to lose my temper or be on my phone too much. And then Renee's like, you're on your phone a ton. It is very, I get, I might be very, it seems like I'm really angry. And from her point of view, I'm really angry at her for saying that, but it's not that it's, I'm really angry at myself because she's right. And she's pointing at it. I'm like, damn it. And I'm just, but I'm frustrated with myself because that's something I'm already trying not to do. It's embarrassing, not embarrassed, but yeah, you're, it's she just maddening. Hit, yeah, she just hit a sensitive <laughs> subject, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm failing there. Yeah, it's and it's something I know that I'm I'm trying not I'm I'm actively trying not to fail there. Yeah, and then you're like, you really, you're failing, and it's like, fuck, damn it. But it has. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. I'm just saying, damn I had, it. I had myself. a coach tell me that the best because I I tend to knee jerk reaction. So if you come and say, yeah, 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 okay. So if yeah, if you were to say, hey. You're doing X, Y, and Z wrong. My first reaction is screw you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a defensive. Right. What a coach told me to do was just anytime you get something that you want to react to like that, stop and count to three. Yeah. No response. Just stop and count to three. Let... Let that amygdala not be the first thing that fires. Let it not just be the emotional reaction of, screw you. Okay, this is probably coming from 
a place of love. Like they're 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 saying something to me not to be a dick. Like it's not mm-hmm. meant to be offensive. They're not trying to find that sensitive subject and, and just, you know, prod me with it. They're they're really saying that coming from a place of caring. Don't be the asshole that jumps down their throat for it. Yeah, and what happens when you do? Well, yeah, they feel bad, and then they shut down, and then they don't do it in the future. Exactly. Like, they're not going to be that person that comes nope. to you and says, hey, why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? Like, they're just going, okay, whatever. And if you're the leader, you need, and you're trying to be humble and you're trying to improve, you desperately need your team to come and tell you and critique you and push on you. And he talks about this in the book and going up the the level and and you can't be the yes man. You've got to challenge, you've got to, and you should want that as the leader. But if you constantly just crush them and punish them for that behavior, you're just not going to get it anymore. Yeah. And they may not even be yes men. They're just going to keep their mouth shut because yeah. there's no freaking point. Yeah. Like, well, they know they, your reaction. Yeah. Okay, this isn't going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do anything. It's not like, going to help. This guy's a dick. Yeah. And I'm just he's just going to yell at me, get all defensive, and nothing's going to change. So fuck it. Yeah. Right? So it's just that's that's something that, again, that's why I've had to explain it to some people because I explain it to my employees especially too. Is It's like, look, I may it may seem like I got mad or I got upset. I promise you. And, I, and I've learned over time, too, through being married for an eternity and having those employees is going back and thanking them later for what they did or what they said. Whether it's their, I usually don't thank people for their courage because, I don't know, that sounds retarded. That sounds ridiculous. But uh, it's more like, hey, I really appreciate it. it I know that it maybe it seemed like I shut down or I got quiet or whatever. And, and I've had some of them like, yeah, I thought I really made you mad. Yeah. No, you didn't. It made me mad because it was true, yes. and I was mad at myself. Nothing to do with you whatsoever. You did the right thing. You did exactly what I want you to do, and I want you to keep, keep doing, doing it. it. I appreciate that. 100%. Because, and I may get annoyed again, but it's I'm annoyed at myself. I'm frustrated at myself. I'm mad at myself because yeah. I'm trying not to do the very thing that you just came to me and called me out for doing. Yeah. And it's like, damn it. I'm still freaking doing it. And yeah. it just, that's, that's. That's a very frustrating thing and cycle to be in anyway. So you got, but you gotta, again, I say this every time we read one of these, you know, self-help leadership, betterment books, I find myself being frustrated and mad for like half the book because <laughs> <laughs> like I, I hear something, I'm like, you're such a piece of shit, Nash. Like, oh, you suck at leadership. <laughs> you suck. Like, you, why are you not doing that? You do that. You do that. And it's like. Okay, well, I guess I'm, there's half the battle. Like, half the battle is just being able to identify, okay. That you have a I, I need to be better about this. Like, this is yeah. something that I'm not good at. Because I think the worst people, like we talked about earlier, is the humility and the ego. You don't even see, like, if you listen to a leadership or a self-help book and you aren't upset at any point in time while listening or reading that book, you probably have bigger issues. Like if, if you're not yeah. beating yourself up at some point in time while reading that book. Exactly. You probably have some other bigger issues that you need to deal with because like I'm sitting there the whole time and I'm also the other extreme of, I just beat the crap out of myself. I'm like, Oh, this is oh God, yeah, you, worthless. Like, I feel I really, like you really do. And I, and then uh, cause I didn't feel, I don't feel that bad. I do feel, I feel validated on some of these, like yes. the command versus demand. I yes. Definitely felt I'm like, Oh my God, I've been saying that this whole time. Um, 
But I also come from the military, so there's some similarities there from his experiences to mine to yeah. a degree. I'm not as awesome as Jocko by any stretch of the imagination, but nor did I have a, a career in the military. I had four years of yeah. fighting my jihad, and I got out. So, um, it. But I, I definitely think there's definitely I, there's definitely times throughout this book and any of these books where I'm like, yeah, I'm not that great at that. Definitely could improve there. Definitely could improve there. Or it's like, all right, I'm I'm on the I'm at least aware. I'm on the right track. I feel like I do some of these pretty good. Yeah. And so I usually feel pretty well, I feel encouraged because it's like there's all that right, validation. I'm aware of that. Yeah, right? there's that like, validation yeah. of like, oh, okay, yeah, I've been doing that. Like that's I've at least been trying to do it. Yes. I mean, maybe I'm not great at it, but it's like all right, see, like these are the leadership books saying I should be doing this. Yeah. And I'm at least trying to do it. Yeah. Do I do it perfectly? Hell no. No. But at least I've been like intentional about trying to do those things as a leader of my. Yeah. I don't know why I used air quotes because. Because they can't see you right Nobody now. can see the air quotes. And. Which, be thankful. He's hideous. And that was, yeah, I'm definitely a voice for radio. Um, a face. Face radio. Yeah. I don't even think my voice is good for radio. (laughs) You have a very soothing voice. Yes. So I think uh, the air quotes also were in a terrible spot because it was leadership. It really is leadership. So it's It's a leadership. Not only that you can't see it, it's also an appropriate word. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Stupid. Um, All right, good. So that was my aha. What's your next? Aha. Um, I didn't. That's the worst part. That would have been a great excuse. Exactly. At least there would be a reason. You dropped on your head as a child? Yeah, I fell out of my head a lot, Get actually. It's a big head, so... Mm-hmm. It's heavy. Um, lead from the front. Uh, lead from the front when needed. Uh, no team's roles. So uh, he, he talked about being, uh, like, taking over a new platoon and, and not necessarily having to be a... 100% proficient at every single role, uh-huh. but know them well enough that when you talk to them, that you can talk on a level that is technically sound where it's okay. Okay. You know, if you're the radio operator, I don't need to know how to do your job a hundred percent, but I need to know how to talk to you where, Hey, I need to give this order. And I know <clears throat> the limitations or boundaries of that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that th- then they're going to appreciate like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like I have an example. I a while back we had a, a service that we were using that uh, we were paying monthly, and it was a, a lead service. And they had gone through, and they they would use a, a multitude of different factors. They plugged it into an algorithm, and it would tell you like the in a neighborhood, here are the top twenty people most likely to sell based on like number of years they've owned, amount of equity, like how old are they? Yeah, it was very interesting stuff, right? High high level logistics behind yeah, this yeah, yeah a lot a lot of data yeah um and like how old were their kids okay so they're getting towards graduating high school they're more likely to sell and i remember my old man comes in one day and goes nash i need you to figure out the algorithm that this company uses <laughs> <laughs> and i looked at him i was like i really appreciate that you thought that that's even like, possible for me <laughs> like a." I appreciate the optimism in here, but, uh, oh man, you do realize that if I could figure that algorithm out, I'd be on a beach somewhere right now. Like that's a multi-million dollar algorithm that they've created. This is hundreds of nerds in Silicon Valley figured this out after hours and hours and hours of, 
I'm glad you have you hold me in such high regard because uh no. Like <laughs> I, that's not happening. Yeah, like I I don't have the equipment for that. Like I'm good, I'm not that good. But so kind of knowing those parameters are like, okay, this is even feasible for this role. Like cuz yeah, right. he walks up he's like, "Oh yeah, just figure it out." And like in his mind, he was like, "Oh, it's really easy. You just, you know, numbers and age and X stuff and like three. that's not at all how this works like it's an algorithm yeah like which means it's really big how much money do we pay per month for this how many people use it like this is a multi-million is dollar idea yeah. and uh so I, also but the the leading from the front and I, so knowing roles on the team but then also not being afraid to hop in and do something when it needs to be done. And kind of like that, that piggybacks a little bit on the, or like take the trash out. Mm-hmm. But I had a manager that ran our team for a while and, and it would be, you know, we'd be behind on our sales goals for the month. And uh, I ran our inside sales, outside sales division for a while. And uh, so I cold called for three, four five hours a day, sometimes more. And exhilarating. Oh, I ate that shit up. Like, put me on the phones that's that's my jam man um but we would have meetings like oh we're behind all hands on deck all hands on deck we need five more listings this month it's like okay great and then immediately we had 20 people on our team at the time and it would just be like you know record screeches to a halt and everybody just kind of turns and looks at me and i'm like all hands on deck, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> there are 20 of us here. Why, why are you all looking at... That's not just me. This is not just me. Yeah, like, if you're the leader who calls all hands on deck, that means all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of them. Like, it, so, I and think I'm that's... assuming the leader has hands. You would hope. Mostly. Mostly. And, and and it would drive me nuts when I would see the leaders. They would they would call for that, and they would just go back to their offices and just kind of let everything. And it's like, okay, no, 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 like you don't get to sound the alarm and make this sound like this is we got to get this done. Okay, but you guys go do it. Like I'm not I'm not gonna go. And that kind of getting it goes back right. to taking out the trash. It's like if you're gonna say it's all hands on deck, everybody better be willing to do whatever it takes to get that thing done. Like. If that means you're all sitting there and you're all hopping on the phones or you're all going to be shooting out messages on Facebook or whatever that looks like to get sales up, you're all bought in. You're all there. It doesn't mean, eh, all of you guys yeah. go do that. Because, yeah, that's just a – it always rubbed me the wrong way. Like, Well, and I think it's easy to do. It's, it's – well, it's really easy to do, actually, because all you got to do is say it. And yeah. you don't have to do anything. As a leader, and, it's, and I think it's easy to, to fall into that of like, hey, and get frustrated at everybody else, and then you're not looking at yourself going, hmm, what am I doing? Have I sold anything or done what I need them to do? And I definitely think that that gives you, along with when you know, again, if you're not the ex, like, you're not the expert at every single job, you don't have to know everyone 100%, but I think it gives you a massive amount of credibility with your people, when you can step down or step in and you are pretty damn good at making those cold calls. Yeah. And you get on the phone and you're like, damn, well, look at old man Bueller over here. And, and how many times, how much does that rally the troops of oh, like super motivating shit? 
Old yeah. man just got one. I, I, I gotta get, I have to get one now. Like there is that, like he just stepped into my role and is doing better than it. I am at it. Mm-hmm. Nah, I can't have that. Like I, now I have to step it up. So the, the, and I think that's where that leading from the front, pick up the banner and run. Like you gotta be able to do that. And if you can't, then don't sound the alarm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, uh, Oh, excuse me. I've been in that situation where, especially in our first year, we were we had a new team, and I'm trying to train everybody. And because I was training so much, I wasn't actually on the phones. I wasn't really selling a lot. Yeah. And so I remember there was a time where I did. I finally kind of things had kind of slowed down. They were blaming the leads, blaming different things. And I said, "All right, so do you want me to sit with you guys and coach you?" while you're on the phone or do you want me to put my money where my mouth is and just start taking leads and they didn't say it but i could tell with their body language they were kind of like oh yeah yeah let's see let's you see, do yeah, okay yeah you do it and so in like five days i had i sold more than they had sold for the last like three weeks and they and then i was like okay thump do we see like i'm i'm like I'm not a I'm not a magician at selling. Are you okay to know, listen to what yeah, I have to say now? I, I do know kind of what I'm talking about. Like yeah. I have been in your seat. I did do it for two and a half years as, as as your role. So it's not like I'm just walking in here and I have no freaking I have no idea what it's like being in your position. Yeah. Which and if you look at the military, hands down, and that's like one of the guys that second commander that we talked about at the very beginning, the legendary guy. He started as an enlisted dude. And then became an officer. Jocko was he was still enlisted. He was still enlisted when he came. When he took over that that, that platoon, he was just like a whatever. I I thought he was a platoon commander, so he had to have been an officer. Can't be a platoon commander without being. No, no, I think he was an LCO, LSO, LSO. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Jocko, so Jocko was an enlisted guy. Saw it from that side, and then he became an officer. Yeah. Right. So, and a lot of times in the army, I can say for sure. Some of the officers that had that had the best understanding and they had the best outlook and expectations and they were really good. Nine out of ten of them were enlisted first, and then they're they're now commanding enlisted guys. They get it. They've been in that position. Well, they saw the view from the trenches, right? It, it, it's very easy to go top down and say, "Oh, this is what you have." Look again, all hands on deck. Go do the actions. Well, and it's it's like you know you it's. It, like you said, you you know their position, you know their job, and you can lead from the front. You said, "Look, I can do your job. If I have to, I can do it. I don't. Need, I shouldn't have to do it. I need. There's other really important things that I need to Decent, do. decentralized command. I right. I don't need to be doing that activity because yes, it's very important. Most important. Everybody has on the team. Sure, but I need to be focused elsewhere. I need to have my expertise put elsewhere on higher level things because there's things that you're not going to be able to do that I have to be able to do. Yeah. So, and if those don't get done, it's the whole steering the ship. Yes. Thing. Yeah. You know, somebody's going to be steering the ship and I need you shoveling coal. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Most important job. Bitch. All right. So, um, my next one, I wanted to say to the end, but, no one listens to the end. So I'm going to say it now. So I... This was the end. I think it was five and five. 
Oh, I've got one more. I've got two more. Do we need to like go back and listen to (laughs) one? How many did I star? (laughs) Math is tough. Yeah, this is my fourth one. Okay. Either way. So um, my last one's probably not even that good. Teach them. Oh no, I like the other one. We got to touch that one too. So anyway, so this is my by far my my one of my favorites. So. Man, so all right, so he talks about on page 207 to 208 in the book, he talks about being 100% positive. Oh, yeah. Is so we talk about these beforehand before we actually record the podcast, just to highlight stuff. And this one made me chuckle. Okay, so I'll even like look into and read some of it out of the the Zip book itself. Um, because I don't know, I'll kind of explain what I wrote, but it says a leader can go too far with a positive attitude as well. If the team only hears positivity 100% of the time from the leader, the leader will come across as a Pollyanna, which I don't know what that even means. Pollyanna. It's one word. Look it up who cannot see the reality of the situation. So a leader has to temper positivity with realism. That, my friend, is something I have preached and cheered for my whole life. But especially... It's literally an excessively cheerful or optimistic person. Yeah, nobody likes that guy. By definition. Hate him. Oh, it was a movie. It was a movie in 1960. 7.4 IMDb, 86 Rotten Tomato. Interesting. Um, no, and, and we kind of talked about that Ugh. a little bit too of just like, and I think you have to be positive as a leader. Yes, Probably nine, nine out of ten times. Even so much to the extent, because I think both you and I are fairly similar in the sense of, we'll call it realist mm-hmm. or yes. cynical. Sure. Um but sometimes can be seen as negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think that's something that, like, I know for me personally, I have to work on of being more optimistic. And it's not, I don't look at it as being negative. I'm just looking at, okay, here's the hurdle. But sometimes you can't focus on the hurdle. You have to look at the finish line. And I think that's, so I find myself doing that. But if there is something that is blatantly not okay or wrong or broken, don't jerk it off. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about systems and, and databases and all that. And I'm not going to say companies and all that, but right now I think we're both dealing with, with stuff that's challenging. hundred percent. Challenging would be the best way to put it. And, yeah. and then I know like I go into forums talking about these products and people are like, Oh, it's the best thing ever. And da, 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 and you're just like, no, I, I can't, I can't input a name into this. It's, it's a right, CRM. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> That, that's literally CRM 101. Like, it, it won't save. What, what do you mean it's working fabulously? Like, I don't care if it gives me a handy at you're the end of the day. You're just being unthankful. Yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, you're not being positive. Like, n- no, it, it, okay, it's no, not. I'm not. It's not. You're yeah, right. you're right. But it's not doing the job. Yeah, I'm positive that it's broken. Yeah, and that's where you can't be so overly optimistic at all times. Like, it's okay to call a spade a spade. Yep. So, and, and, and this is... I, I'm going to sound like a douche, but I'm fine with it. So, like... 
you haven't yet. <laughs> True. So being a being a hundred percent positive, I totally agree with you. As and and it is a weakness of mine. I can't. What in the hell? What did you hit? Why did you hit that? All right, sorry. That was a little technical difficulty. Um, some music started playing, but it wasn't actually on the recording itself. So we heard it, but you guys did not. So that totally threw me off. So, uh, but I would say back to the positivity stuff. I am, this is definitely a weakness of mine. This is definitely something I need to work on. However, sir, however, I hate having to listen to or follow anyone like this. If you are one, and I'm talking about 100% positive, not a positive person. I'm talking sociopath positive or just stupid positive. So if you are that person that like, no, there's nothing bad ever. You can't say it. And if you say it, then you're, the world will end. Like, man, I have such a hard time trying to follow these people or someone like that. And I have before I have worked with someone like this or worked for people like this. And they make me question their intelligence. Oh, for sure. It yeah. makes me wonder, like, is this dude... Like, do you this, really know what's going on? Right. Are like, you, have, you, have you logged into the same system that we're talking about right now? Like, are you just dumb? Like, are you seriously just, like, ignorance is bliss, so you're just, like, a super ignorant... You person. slow like, you boy. No, yeah, you have no idea what's going on? Like, are you Forrest Gumping me right now? Because yeah. I don't understand. Because it just... Man, it is the worst in it. And I feel like... I, not only their intelligence, their awareness as to what the hell is going on. Do you have any idea what I do for a, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Just like yours example, right? Like, do you have any idea how CRMs work? Because if I can't put a person's name in, yeah, a like, prospect's name to follow up with. It doesn't matter if you can magically drop off a letter at their house without me pressing a button. Like, that. that's great. I, cool feature. Yeah. But I how, can't say their name. Like. Right. <laughs> We, we haven't gotten past hurdle one yet. Yeah. Like the most basic functions. And that's the thing. So it's, you know, and I've worked for, look like I work for insurance. That's a, that's a known thing. So if there are companies or the, or a company that doesn't have a competitive rate, and I mean competitive, it doesn't have to be the cheapest, whatever. If you're not allowed to say, Hey, this is a problem. I can't, I, I'm not able to sell it to anyone. Because it's just not competitive. Like, I'm not even yeah. in the ballpark. Yeah. That's not, there is a difference between nobody, and you shouldn't be the guy who's, just, you're just going to blame it on the company or blame yeah. it on whatever. Oh, well, it's this. Oh, well, it's the CRM. It's the, if, if the technology worked. Like, man, if the technology was perfect, you still suck. Yeah. Um, which goes back to humility and ego, and man, it all goes back. But the person or the manager or the leader who can't be real, and say, and it doesn't mean, you can still do it in a positive way. You can still say, listen, I know that things are hard right now. And I've had, like, I get it. We're not very competitive with this rate. We're not, we're not, things aren't perfect. And this is really frustrating. I'm really frustrated. It sucks. All right. But uh, you got to embrace it. You got to embrace the suck. We're, there's nothing we can do. Let's focus on what we can control. It is what it and is. And move forward. Yes. Like, it, right. We could sit there and I could go into work every day and be like, dude, our CRM sucks. Like, right. we can't do anything. It's like, okay. Well, that's a fact. Yep. You're right. I agree with you. Can we change it right now? No. no. 
What can we do about it? Got to move on. You can be encouraging. You can still be positive overall. Yeah. But still be realistic. Yeah. And not sound like a like a jackass. God, what, like I don't a even jackass. Know, like, just like 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 you have no emotion. Like you can't. I'm afraid to feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna smile a lot and tell you that I love everything. If you could see like, him right now, his face is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. So it's like, no, I don't shut up. Yeah. And like this shit sucks. And I just want you to admit that it sucks. I'm fine. We're gonna push through it. We're gonna work through it. I get it. Yeah. We're gonna I'm gonna let's, come back to work tomorrow. Let's have our thirty seconds bitch fest real quick. Yeah, don't let's you get it out. S- if you stare at me and you tell me that that I'm wrong and that this is awesome. I'm going to stab you in your eye because I'm going to explode. I can't do it. I cannot follow those people. I just not a proponent for violence. Hate those people. Absolutely proponent. Violence would solve a shitload of our problems in this country. We have become less. We're just too unviolent. We need to bring it back. There are things that people do every day on TV. Let's bring the duel back. That it's like I want to bring the duel back. I want to. If that guy just got punched in the face, single load pistols, just one one shot. That's all you get. I mean, we don't even have to go that violent. We just need someone to just be like, look, if someone would just punch that person in the jaw, they would shut up. Where's my key grip? Key grip, punch him in the face. I need you to punch him as hard as you can, like right in the face. I mean, like, dude, nose masks right now. Like, have you seen the nose masks? No. There are, it's not even in our country, thankfully, yet. There are people, there are countries that are forcing you wear a nose mask under your mask for COVID so that when you eat, you can take your mask off, but you still have a nose mask. It's like, it looks like a damn condom on your, on your nose. Respiratory airways. Punch those people in the face. <laughs> like, like the, yeah. your mouth. We just need a little we'll, violence we'll, for that. And then we'll, we'll correct we'll, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll ignore that. I'm, the I'm guy not, who I'm came gonna, up with I'm that. Not, I'm not going to touch it. He's a millionaire right now. God. <laughs> like, like which how useless does that make you feel, sir? The man who invented the nose condom is now worth yeah. way more money mm-hmm. than either yeah, of us no, combined. That's fine. that's fine. That's fine. I don't want to make money like that. <laughs> oh, <shit>. I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking the high road. Taking yeah, the high road. I am. I don't want it. I don't, I don't want your millions of dollars. All right. So that was mine. You do you have one more? Uh, We're gonna jump over to mine. Go to yours. I'll, I'll be back with my next one. All right, so the next one I have is, and we can do this one briefly. It's I just thought it was really interesting. So he has an example, and he kind of tells a story about where he put someone in a you this concept of putting people in a leadership position to help teach them where they lack and where they're falling short. Yeah, and I thought that was great because when you have someone that maybe they're they're not humble or they're they've got too much of an ego, they got whatever they think their shit doesn't stink or whatever. Um. That is a really old saying, by the way. I don't think I've ever said that in a very long time. Shit, shit don't stink. Shit don't stink. Um, so when you have that kind of person, it's almost like, and in this story they do this, They the example is they put their response or the leadership's response is to put that person into those super remedial tasks. Clean out the trash, yeah. do all this stuff, clean the toilets, the things that... Ego check. Yeah, you gotta you got to really make yourself... The idea is at least that you're swallowing the... They're going to humble yourself do by it. doing that, yeah. So <clears throat> Jocko's approach was, but you said this guy's really smart. You said this guy's really athletic. You said like, he's really good at being a seal, but he's, 
he's just not performing right and his attitude is kind of bad and he just keeps challenging of the leadership. So his thing is like, put him in leadership and put it all on him. And if it, if he does great, awesome. Then he's just super bored and he's super under challenged. And that was the problem in the first place. Yeah. But maybe he's just super frustrated because he doesn't feel like he's being utilized to his best ability and blah, blah, blah. Or, and, or there's a lot more that he doesn't know. And I think these people, your subordinates can be put into a leadership position when you know they're not ready yet and use that leadership and that experience for them to help them realize in the right position. So it's a small fall, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want them to be just completely demoralized, but then they, they go, damn, there, there is a lot more to this. And, And you get people that, Man, I had a girl that worked for me now. She's an insurance agent. And she's has admitted before now and we've talked and been at lunch and stuff and she's like, "Man, there's a lot that I didn't know." Yeah. You you handled a lot of different things that I thought you were just being lazy or I thought you just didn't handle or you just didn't like I thought I could easily do this this your job or do just as good as you. And now I kind of like, "Damn." There is a lot that you did. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that you just didn't show us. Yeah. I didn't realize you were also having to deal with with the obvious stuff. Welcome, Bear. It's awesome when your dog knows how to open freaking doors. So that is something I really, um, really liked. And I think that, and I have a wonderful, like my quick example is I was in basic training. And I was in... The, they call them PGs. It's, it's not a big deal, but you're basically like, you're, it's actually terrible. You're, you're the leader of your platoon, your basic training platoon. And it is a beating. You're trying to take care of these kids. And I was already out of college. I was, I graduated college. I was married. And most of the kids I'm trying to like, you were still a kid in hindsight, but. Oh, sure. These kids are 17 and 18. Less of a kid than. Never been away from mom. Yeah. And dad, like, I mean, this was, and it was like, I'm literally like walking people through tying their shoes because they're just overcome with stress or whatever. Right. So they had this one kid that was a huge, huge piece of shit. And he had this massive ego and had this massive amount of just, I mean, we put him, they put him through the making him do all the crappy stuff. And then eventually old guy who had a massive ego. No, dude, this guy was like 10 times worse. He's the only kid I almost beat up and and thought I was going to just have to like break his jaw and he weighed like 80 pounds he's the tiniest kid ever too and I'm like man I'm just I've had enough like this guy is just crushing us we were having to do all kinds of push-ups and running you know it's all because of him so they probably one of the best things that happened is the drill sergeants put him they told me they're like you're no longer the PG for to and they didn't tell me that it was for long how long there's like, you're no longer PG. And I was like, thank God. That's awesome. And then they were like, they yelled at this kid and they're like, you're the PG. And he had to run the platoon. And then I was like, oh shit. Because this guy's an idiot. Yeah. And he has no idea what's going on. And he did such a terrible job. And he would like, he'd ask me questions. He's like, what do I do? And I was like, you tell me. Yeah. You're in charge. Yeah. You are in charge now. I'm listening. I'm just sitting here following orders, my friend. 
So it was so awesome. And when I read this example, I immediately thought of that because he, it really did. It didn't cure everything, but it really helped his attitude. He had a little bit more respect for me or whoever else was the PG. Yeah, just whoever was in charge. Which unfortunately was me for pretty much the rest of the basic training. Um, But it was, it was, he did a better of like, damn, there is a lot more. And when I don't listen, when I don't do these things and I dick off it makes that job 10 times harder and it screws over everybody yeah. he kind of got a it pulls you back and it makes you see the you know the thirty thousand foot view yeah. of like what's going on behind the scenes and what's going on uh in front of you and all the moving pieces so i really like that i thought that was a good idea no i like that yeah um i guess the last point so i had the the last one and again like all of these, they always kind of piggyback off of each other. Um, yeah, it's like it's, it's as if they came out of the same book. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, written by the same person. Um, mm. I liked how he talked about that fine line of not being a yes man, but then also making sure that when you do question authority, that it carries a little bit of oomph to it. Mm-hmm. Like. And I find myself, like, I'm, again, DC personality. I'm a high C. So, like, one of the first questions I usually ask somebody is, why? And it's not yeah. it's not a questioning authority. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my own mind around, like, okay, what is the 30,000-foot view of this? Like, what what is not, I'm not questioning your, what you're telling me to do. I'm questioning why as in what's the purpose behind doing this? Right. And it's not meant to be questioning authority. I'm just trying to wrap my head around like, okay, what does this entail? What does it mean? What's the, what, what's the end, of, what's the end objective? Mm-hmm. And, and I've had to, as I've gotten older, sometimes just, just do it. Sure. Just, just shut up and do it. Like, doesn't mm-hmm. matter what, like, doesn't matter the why. Like, just, just keep your head just, down. Yeah, just keep your head down and do it. Mm-hmm. And with that, I liked that he said, don't be a yes man, but at the same time, no, don't be the person who talks all the time. Yeah, like be the person that when you speak, it's yeah, yeah, you know, has has a little bit of you know authority to it because it's like, oh, okay, Stephen questioned this. There's a reason Stephen question. Like, like, yeah, question it when it's important to be questioned, not just question it for the sake of questioning it. And I kind of, I liked that point of, and I I felt like there was a lot of those kind of themes in this book of take the trash out, but don't take the trash out. There is that kind of wire that you have to walk, that very thin line, because in some instances it's important and then others it's not. I I like that. Yeah. Jocko's a huge fan of dichotomy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's this whole second book. I know. Like, (laughs) But he's, I mean, he's right in that. And then, like, you know, we talked about this before when it came to, like, taking the trash out. It's like, okay, don't take the trash, take the trash out, but don't take the trash out. Well, take the trash out to show that it's not beneath you. But in reality, if you are in charge of the entire platoon and you have to make sure and do all these really high-level things, if taking the trash out requires you takes four hours of your day yeah. don't be emptying trash cans for trash three out. hours yeah like then don't, it's not worth it you yeah. do have a responsibility take, you have to do take these other a things. trash can out right okay yeah it takes 10 minutes of your day cool do it um you know and i think when you said the why i, I wrote that down too 
um, in a different, I think it was a different section, but it was something that I thought my, it's my dad actually told me this or explained this to me um, brilliantly, which I'm sure he doesn't even remember telling me. Um, it was when I was getting ready to become an agent, an insurance agent and, and hire my own people and everything. He said that we were talking about millennials and the frustrations of my agent that I was working for, who is a much older person. And he kind of said, look, you got to understand the, the difference in generations. So the agent I used to work for was in his seventies, late seventies. He's like, in his generation, it was very much, you work really hard. You don't ask questions. You keep your head down and you do your job. Okay, great. So then he said, but with the millennial generation, he said the millennial generation, which is technically, it's definitely your generation because you're a couple years younger than me. I think I'm, I think I'm still a millennial just right on the cusp. No, you're like three years in. <clears throat> okay. It's so a lot older even, than you think. Okay. So I think it's 84. Okay. So I'm 86. So yeah. a couple years in. So I think that they, and I don't hear this as much now, but I know that like there was a lot of the bitching and moaning that millennials can't, they don't, they're not good at working. They're not, and I'm not saying they're not I all mean, great. I mean, honestly, I think that just rolls into the, yeah, young, yes, the, the, every those, generation, those whippersnappers, those kids back in my day. I mean, cause I see it now with our generation talking about Gen Z it, Yeah, those stupid kids and their TikTok. Like I, TikTok sucks, but it yes, does. it does. It's terrible. There's no getting around that. No. Um, I don't care what generation you're from. TikTok. We're sucks. not going to do a TikTok dance after this. No, yeah, but we're not going to put it on the. That's why it's a podcast, so we can do whatever we want. Um, so we, what I like is, and the what he explained to me was that a millennial, the difference between the the real difference between the generation is that a millennial has no problem working hard, but they, as long as they're explained the why. Help them understand the picture as to what the purpose of this action or this responsibility is, or this, it seems it seems very monotonous or whatever. But if you show them, Hey, we do this because this and this and this and this, then it's way different. You get a, get a, Oh, okay. That makes sense. I got no problem doing it. It makes sense. It's not a waste of time. It's yeah. because it, it, it all comes together. Got it. And if you would just take the time, if as a leader helping you under, and you got to understand that, and that's not just generational, that's some, a lot of that's just personality wise and helping people understand this is the why I need you to do this because it seems like it's stupid. Well, he even says that in the book yeah. of like, Hey, we're doing this operation because it's going to stop mortar fire on the camp or exactly. It's going to prevent, it's going to put them on their heels where they're not going to be able to attack us. Like, clearly painting a, a picture of why and not just saying do it because I said do it and you get more buy-in you just yeah. get more buy-in I think you, that's yeah you do you get a lot of people that say oh okay and then they're, they're not fighting you on it they don't think it's stupid or a waste of time or a waste of energy it's yes this makes complete sense my dog is losing his mind he's like running in circles he I, he sees something outside there's got to be a bunny or something he's like He's freaking out. So, yeah, I agree. I think that that's where if you can just take the time to explain the why, that's such a that's such a massive deal. And I do think that some of that is generational because that was very taboo. And for much older generation, like not my dad's generation, but like our our grandparents' yes. generation was much more like, look, you just... The greatest generation? Excuse me? Is that, is that what they're... Forgotten who generation? Knows? I don't know who they are before the baby Either boomers. Way. Greatest generation was before the baby baby boomers. I thought so. Yeah, mm -hmm. the old ones. 
super yeah. old. And that was very much, well, because again, it was, it was looked at as like questioning authority. And it's like, no, 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 that, that's not, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, like I don't, I just want to know what, what's the purpose? Like, yeah, what, what the hell are we doing? Where, where are we going? Show yeah, me the there, hill that we're getting up. Like if we're going up a hill, that's fine. Point me in the right direction. Don't just say walk like, okay, yeah, I'm cool walking. Where are we going? Yeah, I, yeah, I got no idea. I got no point problem climbing this mountain. I just want to know why. I want to know why we're doing it and where we're going. So, I think that's great. Greatest generation. Yeah, that's right. <coughs> all right, anything else? That is all that I have. Awesome. So, um, that is going to wrap it up for us. That's our ahas. That is our... Junto for um, it's episode two. Junto that is leadership strategy and tactics by Jocko Willink. Uh, leave comments on what we need to read next month. We have, we have um, we talked about the about uh, the war book. Um, I don't know that we're going to do that yet. We haven't made a, a, a commitment. Leave comments. So leave comments. Leave comments. Right. We'll, we'll take um, them. Not next month. It'll be following months after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take a, let us know what you want us to hear or what you want us to read. If other suggestions, leave us comments on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I don't know that you can leave comments on a podcast, but uh, or underneath the podcast, I don't think you can. Can you? I don't, I don't know. know. Good. I don't think so. I'm a terrible millennial. Facebook, Instagram. That's all I got. All right, end it, drop it, send it. This has been. Beyond Our Service Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.